Hey guys, welcome to the Bagging Broadcast, episode number 352. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. We're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out Wednesday, September 27th, 2017. 17! And we follow it up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week it's time for the second installment of our great Marvel movie retrospective. And we're going to be talking about the 2008 film Incredible Hulk, the second part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, I didn't realize it came out so close to Iron Man. It was yeah. like seven weeks after. Yeah. Iron Man's still playing in the theaters then, too. Because yeah, yeah. it was a hit. But that movie, it wasn't great. It wasn't good. It's kind of like the beer that it's... John and I are drinking right now. Uh, but Chris, what are you drinking to help your mind stay afloat? All right, well... Today I'm uh, I got three beers. All of them are kind of along the same lines. They're all porters, uh, but this is a bomber from Funky Buddha Brewery, and this is their last snow, a coconut and coffee porter, mm-hmm. a porter with coffee and natural flavoring. Um, I wish I had chilled this down a little bit more. I'm probably gonna put the other half of the bottle in the in the fridge for later. Um, right up front, you get a lot of like that coconut butteriness. Then chases it with like almost like a cold brew coffee, uh, except I'm drinking at warm temperature. So I think if I had this a little bit chilled, it'd be kind of more refreshing. It's good though; I like it a lot. Um, Ten bucks for the bomber. I I really enjoy Funky Buddha. Everything I've had from them is pretty uh, pretty solid. Um, like, like everything they do is like a sweeter beer. Like this, the the sweet potato casserole one. The the nib smuggler was another one that I think you guys had with me. Um, yeah, and some of their stuff too. Um, you can you you can have a there's a pretty big market for it out there in the beer community because you can really? only get it in Florida. And I think Last Snow is one of them. Um, even the Nib Snuggler, like you can um, if you can find the right community, they are looking to uh, pay a, a a good price for that. So you could double or triple your money for that bottle. Wow, uh, you should take some, take some back with you for your your trading. We're gonna drink it. <laughs> it's too good. That's okay. Like, it's but that's the thing. Like down here, it's super cheap. Like you can get a bomber for like seven to ten dollars. Like they're really reasonably priced. Even their six packs aren't like terribly expensive. Yeah. Yeah, but if I had two of the sweet potatoes, wanted for me to drink and want to trade away, I just have them. I'd be like, oh, I traded. I traded this great beer for this great beer that I already have. All right, you know, like I don't, I don't think the effort to get a different beer would surpass the pleasure that I would get of drinking the beer that I currently had in hand. I think it was uh, Benjamin Franklin that said, "A beer in hand is worth two in Florida." Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's Something that's very like that. true. I think he said something, something along those lines. And we are drinking from Stone Brewery Woot Stout. Uh, this is a ale brewed with pecans, wheat, and rye, and one quarter aged in bourbon barrels. Uh, okay, this this sounds pretty good. And this is your um, for your uh, weird collaboration. So it's uh, Greg Kolch of Stone, Will Wheaton. 
and Drew Curtis, uh, all collaborating on this beer. They did it um, three or four years ago, and they've been putting it out every year for uh, Gen Con. Oh, really? Yep. Uh, Gen Con was about a month ago now. Actually, a month and a week ago. But uh, John and I, we, we've had this in the fridge for a while, and we decided to give it a shot here. And the one thing I'd have to say about this, for 13%, it's relatively smooth. There's no alcohol bite to it. But the flavors are muddled. Yeah. Nothing stands out. Nothing is um, making me... Concert with each other. Yeah. I'm getting like a layer this, a layer that, a layer. And it's just, it's not the greatest drinking beer. I, I honestly don't want to finish what we have. I, I'm enjoying sipping on it just because it's there in front of me and I'm sipping on it. Uh, that's what I will do. It'll be there mm-hmm. and I will just sip on it. But, but it's not it's something not... where I'm like, oh, the flavor's gone. I can't wait to get my next sip. It's like, oh, I still have half a glass left. Okay. I guess I'll take another sip. Yeah. Uh, or it's just it's just there, so... It's not quite work. Don't get me wrong. It's... I don't right. I don't really like it. Yeah. Uh, this is something that it has very... Um, it's very well received. Uh, it's only eight ninety nine for the bottle, so it's nothing like... It's not too crazy for a bomber bottle. Um, especially, you know, a quarter of it aged in uh, bourbon barrels. But... Yeah, nothing about this really, really works for me. See, um, speaking of Will Wheaton and Star Trek, they had a Star Trek The Next Generation 30th anniversary beer on the shelf at Total Wine. I picked it up, I was like, oh, like, that's kind of cool. That'd be something fun to talk about. And then I looked, and it was brewed by Schmaltz. And I was like, I don't think I want to buy that. Yeah, Schmaltz isn't the best. They've been doing that Star Trek uh, Star Trek beer um, for the last couple of years. See, I haven't I haven't seen that. It's been it's been harder to get, but it's small batch from a company that just brews out of New York City and doesn't have a huge reach because no one really cares for their beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, all their beers just got cut from my shelves. I carried three of their things, and now it's. They're gone. But you're not missing out. You know, that's shelf space that you can use for something something else. Yeah. No, like I, if you can get Jack, Jack's Abbey. Jack's Abbey's got it. Mm-hmm. I actually uh, I finagled more room for them. And Chris, aren't you drinking some Jack Abbey's? You already be did later. his beer review. Nice. But I, I, no, that's, and that's why I said it, because I'm looking forward to, to popping these two. Oh, talking about... Okay, I'm sorry. Let's rewind the conversation more. Uh, talking about Star Trek... Mm. That brings us into uh, the Week in Geek, guys, because this week debuted Star Trek Discovery. I haven't watched it, but I heard it got like a really good uh, yeah. viewer turnout, I guess. And, uh, yeah, you could watch it live uh, after the football games on Sunday, apparently. Uh, and then uh, now it's behind the paywall over at CBS All Access. So I guess you could still try to watch it on CBS.com. Uh, I did not watch it because I don't care about Star Trek anymore. It just... But uh, Kid Spock is going to show up. What? How? Is it not... When is this even set? It's, it's, a, it's a prequel to the original Star Trek. 
Yeah. Wait, no, that was Enterprise. I think this takes place after Enterprise. I I, I don't know before the before exact Kirk. Of so it's bef- it's Wait, before back enough. Kirk. Yeah, uh, it's so back enough they, that it's going to have young Spock, boy Spock, boy Spock. But then boy Spock, no, boy Spock didn't die when when uh, what you might call when no because then he grows up Eric to be Banner Spock. Yeah, blows up Vulcan. Yeah, he blew up Winona Ryder as mom. Yeah. So Spock's, this is Spock's happening mom. after that, but before Kirk becomes Kirk. This yeah. is when Kirk is still stealing. Well, I don't, uh, I don't hover, hover, possibly cars, how to Beastie Boys. How long? Uh, I mean, how long? Do, I know, I know. Vulcans live a very long lives. How long are they children? I don't know. They go into that panfire thing where they have to do the weird things, weird they things do those with the fingers, weird things with their fingers. Yeah, to calm themselves. Down. I panfired a lot when I was a kid. <laughs> their finger, their finger popping, yeah, popping, locking. They had the fingers. With fingers. Well, anyways, it's supposed to have yeah. it's supposed to have Kid Spock, uh, and then a couple other characters who are like original series favorites. Who like Rain Wilson is playing one of them, um, and um, some other characters who are. Rain Wilson. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, from the okay. Office. From the Office. Yeah, he's playing some some character. I was never an original Star Trek fan. I enjoyed watching Next Generation uh, when that was airing, and I enjoyed some Deep Space Nine. See, I never like I never watched the original one until I was older. Um, Next Generation is what got me into it. Deep Space Nine, I watched like maybe half of it, and then I kind of fell out. Okay, Rain Wilson's playing Harry Mudd. Who was like a joke character that showed up on one or two episodes of the original series? He's playing Harry Mudd in seven episodes. Oh, you're gonna get you get his origin. You, you way too much mud, guys. You just got mud. It's just too much mud. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I would I would check it out. There's, I haven't. Uh, the one character got killed off from Walking Dead uh, to be the star of the show. I thought um, the star of the show was uh, Lord uh, uh, Malfoy, old Malfoy. Oh, no, that's Who's why he Jason that's, Isaacs. Uh, no, I think the woman who plays like the captain or the second in command. Um, she's Shaniqua Martin Green. Yeah, she was a fan favorite. I keep saying fan favorite. Yeah. She was someone on Walking Dead that everyone really liked, and she died at the end of the season uh, pretty much to leave the show to go do this because she was like, hey, network, baby. Yeah, but it's not real network. Going to go beyond Star Trek. Yeah, I feel like Walking Dead money is probably better than current Star Trek money, but who knows? She plays Sasha Williams on... The Walking Dead. Yeah. For she did. Episodes. Spoilers, guys, for The Walking Dead. I don't plan on watching it. Uh, um, yeah, that's okay. And I probably won't it's just watch in. I don't know how to spell the word Buddha. Here we go. Did it. Uh, but something uh, you can watch right now would be the uh, trailer for the new Tomb Raider movie. Oh, yeah. That trailer looks awesome. I uh, enjoyed playing 
two hours of it back when it was uh, the Tomb Raider video game. You only played... It took you two hours to beat that game? Mm -hmm. Wow. I was trying to do the collection stuff for a while. There's a, Yeah, there's a and lot then, to find. And then I got bored with that, and I'm like, okay, back to the main story. It's fun, though. It was a fun game. But no, I, it was a, it's a really good game. Uh, and it is it is so reminiscent. Just like even the one scene where she's running and she still has that little mm-hmm. axe, yeah, climber axe. Yeah. Yeah. And she was using that, and it's like, they're using that way too much. I've seen it way too much in this trailer. Uh-huh. I know I had to use that a lot in the game, but... Let's, let's cool it, guys. Press X, man. Press X. Press X for axe. Uh, I, I thought it looked fun, and I think this is the kind of... I think this will work better than the other Tomb Raider movies. Are they still on? Uh, I'm sorry, they're not Tomb Raider movies. Lower Croft movies. That Are, are they still on Netflix right now? Can, are they still viewable on... I don't know. I, I never watched them. I never really... I watched, no, like... I, didn't we go see the first one in theaters? Or was that... I think that was you and, and some other friend. Okay, that was probably Matt then. Um, yeah, I've never... I've seen bits and pieces, like, because they were always on, like, TBS or TNN. And you're a huge John Voight fan, so they had that going for it, too. Right. Well, you know what? They had... Uh, her butler is the guy who played Rimmer in uh, Red Dwarf, so that was the only thing I was really excited about with that movie. Um, Tomb Raider is not on Netflix right now anymore. Yeah, that's too bad. Uh, but this one looks good. I I enjoy the the actress who's starring as uh, Laura Croft in this. Um, she's been pretty popular. She was in Man from Uncle. She was in uh, Ro- Robotica or um, Ex Machina, oh. um, which was really good with. Uh, I want to say Patrick Gleason, but that's his father. Uh, he played uh, General, the bad general in Force Awakens. Yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. The guy in uh, he's from Harry Potter. Um, can't think of his name. Uh, Dum- general uh, Hawks, but yeah, what's his yeah. name? Dum Dum Oh, Don- yeah, Donald Gleason. Dom Hall. Oh. No, Gleason. Is it Donald? Yeah, Donald Gleason. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it was with an H. There's no second D. Silent. Donald Gleason. He's Irish. Uh, his dad was ma- his dad's Mad Eye Moody. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, Stats. What I, you know? I li- I like her. This it looks fun. I don't oh, think it's yeah. going to be like Oscar award winning the best movie ever, but I think good. it'll be the best of the Tomb Raider movies. And uh, we got some news. The uh, director of the best Star Wars movies oh, yeah. since the original trilogy. Also, the director of the best Star Trek movies since the original. Uh, so wait, is that the pre- so it's prequels to the movies? Star Trek Discovery. Okay, I got it now. Wait, so who's directing? J.J. Abrams uh, coming back to write and direct um, Star Wars Episode Nine. Which I guess is uh, making Paramount really unhappy who had a contract with him. Is he, like, supposed to be doing another Star Trek for them, or, like, why? Um, he has, he had, like, contract, I don't think they're considered total, like, he's got obligations to them, but there's no time frame for when he 
has uh, to do them. He's like on retainer, pretty much. Then. Kind of. He's got things in the works with them, but there's no time frame, so they're pissed that if he goes and does Star Wars, uh, those movies that they have with him aren't going to get made till he's done with those. Would they rather be having him making movies to compete with Star Wars, not him making Star Wars movies to compete with their movies? Understandable, uh, but at the same time, like they could always then spin it like, "Oh yes, like this is the next movie from J.J. Abrams, director of multiple Star Wars." Is is is? Uh, and then there's that weird fan backlash against him as well that they've you know created like. Uh, um, petitions oh, to get him off the to get him off. Thought, I thought you were waving a pencil in front of me, which is a different type of. Oh no! Were, was he, him waving the pencil? Yeah, it was signing signing a petition. Oh, yeah. I thought it was, was me signing a petition. I thought it was evocatively uh, as if another way to get him. Listen, off. it's not like you finger popping over there that nobody knew what you were doing, but me yeah, with your firing. fingers. Um, he, he's pump firing. Yeah. Is that what it's called? I hope so. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is, because my knowledge of Star Trek's pretty limited, but... I know about I know the finger-popping? Pon, is something. Ponfar. A uh, phenomenon in the fictional Star Trek universe as part of the re- reproductive cycle for Vulcans. Ponfar features in the canonical TV series as well as in various spinoffs and fan fiction. I'm not going to read any more than that, because I don't want to be on some sort of government watch list. Yeah. So. That's hey. that's just a blur from Wikipedia. You you see like a woman in a, a firehouse slamming down in a bell. We got another one. All those. It's a Ghostbusters reference. You just send me the link for the fan fiction, Chris. I'm interested in that. Uh, so, anyways, there's our episode. Panfire fan fiction. Uh, what other news did we have? Uh, some some sad news uh, from the comic book world with the passing of writer and editor over at Marvel Comics, Len Wein, who is responsible for the creation of almost everyone's favorite mutant, Wolverine, and over on the DC side of things uh, with Swamp Thing. I just like that, you know, during conventions, he actually said that he never understood why Wolverine took off. He was just like a throwaway character. He just needed to come up with another character to throw in and the Wendigo Hulk fight. Uh, so he created Wolverine uh, because he was like, oh, Wolverines live up north, right? Not really. Then explain the weird yellow and blue suit. <laughs> he, he, With the little, he had like the, the cat, whisker. the cat whiskers yeah. on it. Because he was a Wolverine. Um, and then he said, you know, he would also get bored and also team up like weird characters together just in alphabetical order because you know why not he seemed like he was somebody that kind of loved being miserable at his job what <laughs> uh, years of being an editor with Chris Claremont will do that to you yeah, that's true uh, but he I talked to him once at a convention and he was a you know this was almost 10 years ago now right yeah yeah uh, but man he seemed older then but he he's was nice. He was friendly. I didn't really like. I knew he created Wolverine, but like that's about it. And uh, and I just like happened to be walking by him, like in the you know coming out of a convention, you know one of those things. And I'm like, oh hey, what's, uh, that was kind of cool. Like is 
Like, what other weird things did he did? He did apparently uh, a lineup that was based on a Neapolitan ice cream once that I still haven't figured out. Like, apparently it was Beast for, you know, like... but Vanilla? Like, I, I don't like, know how he was, did this. Like, he, he said, you know, he would just do, you know, like, three different, you know... Three different characters together, but he would... Uh, whatever, like... I was having ice cream, and I said, oh, Neapolitan. Yeah. Who would be the Neapolitan team I would put together? Yeah, yeah. It would be these characters. Ah, yep, story much. idea. And that's that's how he would, and that would, and then he would come up with the issue, just like that. Which the issue, we're melting. we got to fix that. <laughs> Which isn't much different from how uh, Brandon, uh, oh my goodness, I had a good joke. <laughs> Brian Michael Bendis <laughs> does his. He just figures out the same five characters he wants to write. And puts them in every issue. Mm. There we go. Sure. Uh, yeah. I'm tired, guys. It's okay. It's is that news? later than we have been. I think that I think that's the news. Uh, we just had uh, something new with the uh, the Ringo Awards, which is a new comic book award. Um, I'll just go over a couple of them for um, um, some different winners. Uh, Scotty what, Young. What was this announced? Uh, the, the Ringo Awards, named after Mike Waringo, mm-hmm. the famed comic book artist who passed away. I think it's like ten years ago now, but uh, just put it in kind of. Yeah, he kinda did uh, work on the Fantastic Four, the Flash. He also had his own independent series called Telus. Yeah, which I have always wanted to check out because I've heard good things. It's just kind of like all age fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, this happened uh, September twenty third at the Baltimore Comic Con. Oh. Um. So you had Scotty Young winning uh, Best Cartoonist, uh, Tom King winning Best Writer, uh, Best uh, Artist or Penciler, Fiona Staples, um, Best Inker, Sean Murphy, um, and then um, so Best Cover Artist, uh, Frank Cho. So a separate award for Best Cartoonist versus Best Artist. Huh. Best Series, Vision from Marvel Comics. Oh, yeah. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) And best anthology, Love is Love, from uh, DC Comics and IDW uh, Publishing. Heartbreaking. I mean, it's definitely deserving of uh, of awards, but man, that book was a a chore to get through. And I don't say that like derogatorily. It's just, man, that that book was heavy. It was. And if you look at the other books that was up against, it was up against like DC's uh, Wonder Woman 75th anniversary. Special. It was like okay, yeah, like it was up against a bunch of money grabs, and this one actually had some meaning to it. Yeah. yeah. Like okay, yeah, this one did deserve to win. So yeah, they're like John was saying pre-show. Like I think all the winners definitely deserve to win. It's it's an award. It's another award that I would kind of miss unless you guys pointed it out. You know, it's yeah, not I think. Mo- I mean, uh, Eisner's are the ones that we usually mm-hmm. keep the biggest eye on. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a, a new award, and I thought it was interesting that we just read Vision and just had a big conversation about it. And the and DC Tom lo- King appearing again, like on the monthly look back last month with uh, Mr. Miracle too. And uh, the the DC Love is Love. I mean, I thought that was something that we had a great conversation about. So those are things I just wanted to bring up with that. Uh, something else we can talk about. Ooh. Maybe the books we're looking forward to, or if Chris has a new beer ready. Um, no, I'm going to finish up this one. So probably after uh, we talk about the books for the list, I'll I'll, I'll grab another one. All right, guys. 
did you know that Marvel's resetting again? And it's all starting here with Marvel Legacy number one, written by Jason Aaron. It's interesting, Chris. What were you looking forward to buying? Um, <laughs> go ahead, Paul. We're splitting our book because this book costs six dollars. I'm not splitting it with you. Oh, Chris. Well, and you're going to have to read it, so technically you're splitting it. Chris isn't splitting that book with you. He is because next time I go visit him, he's going to have a funky Buddha there in the fridge for me. That maybe. Book. <laughs> if I if I don't drink it, I've heard uh, you're not allowed to share them. You just have to drink them all for I yourself. Kind of have to because you already own it. Why would you do anything else with it? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. If he doesn't live up north. It's not worth two up top. <laughs> <laughs> uh, everything starts here. Uh, apparently, this is uh, leading into the uh, return we've all been waiting for, and a return that we've all been dreading. So, this is bringing back some of the the legacy quote-unquote, to the Marvel Universe. It's written by Jason Aaron. I think he deserves uh, a fair shake here and my $6. Yeah. He's done some great work. Uh, I think so, too. But his great work has been basically shaking up everything, so to see him resetting it would be kind of interesting. Also, did Jason Aaron do the stupid thing with the Watcher dying the secret? I think that was Mad Fraction. No, that was Fear Itself, Matt Fraction. Uh, I think Aaron might have had something to do with that. Yeah. Uh, that was Original Sin. Original Sin. Look it up. Yeah. So, yeah, who did Original Sins? That's what we're asking. Oh, that was Jason Aaron, yeah. Yeah, see, so I'm a little nervous to see him try to do a, re- you know, to do another big crossover book again. Uh, hopefully this is better than Original Sins. This is... Legacy. This looks fun. Look at that triptych cover. I'm sh- sure it's a triptych. It might be a two a front and back cover as well uh, from previews. It's it's got all the characters you it's love. It's got you, all of them that you all love. Of, all of them, John. Cool. Just like the book that you're looking forward to has all of the characters <laughs> that you love. Uh, I am looking forward to the Omnibus collection of the entire series of Colder from Dark Horse uh, Publishing. Um, this is a series that I read on the first two volumes, uh, single issues on the Dark Horse uh, comic book app. Uh, really, really enjoyed them. And then um, started buying the third one when... The series, um, or the uh, app, stopped, and they moved everything over to Comixology. Um, And at that point, I was like, well, I don't want to rebuy these right now to have them to reread them, um, because I really enjoyed this dark, disturbing horror uh, comic book. Um, And that's written by Paul Tobin and art by uh, Juan Friera. I just really enjoyed this. It's twenty four ninety nine for a hardback omnibus that collects the entire series. I think it's worth it for me um, to go back and be able to read these when I want to and finish the series that I didn't get to finish. Sounds good. Yeah. I've sp- spoken about this book for years uh, when it was coming out because uh, they were usually my picks for... The Weekend Geek. So. Is this the one with the nail biter? No, that's the nail biter. Oh, that's nail biter. That's nail biter. This is the one that has those. Uh, it, 
Fiera did all those like crazy covers like this one where the guy's like reaching up yeah 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 under his skin that's why I thought it was the nail biter one yeah because it's very similar very similar you know some graphic horror graphic horror you don't get a lot of that these days Uh, I'm just trying to catch up on the books that I've missed out on over the past two months now I think because I I just haven't been buying comic books I don't know I know we do a comic book uh, podcast weekly and it comes in three ways but I've just been really lazy when it comes to buying and then reading my books so this week I'm buckling down especially because next week we're going to be doing our look back and stuff that I'm on the docket for uh, yeah, and the the thing too is like when we were when we were buying paperback, you know, mm-hmm. a- actual physical copies. Chris and I would order previews, like we'd order our yeah. month of books, and then we'd go like once a month and go pick up those books, and, and then, then you guys would read them together. And then we'd, you know, he Chris would sit in his room and I might sit in the living room and read them. Um, but it it makes it easier. To How many times push did he back? just open up Chris's yeah. door and just throw an issue at Chris? Be like, this one next, and then close the door. And then well, his door would usually be open, oh. and I wouldn't yeah, just... Yeah, there are no, no secrets among brothers. Yeah, and I mean, if I were going to go into his room, I would uh, rap on the door first, mm-hmm. and then open it and be like, hey, you should read this. Or I'd open it and be like, have you read those yet? <laughs> Can you read those next? Because I'd like to read them too, Chris. And then, you know, storm away. So close to what I just said. but Yeah. Who's throwing people's comic books? Like, I wouldn't... Yeah, we, no, we respect each other. Like, and, we're so excited. They were like, this one! Yeah. Real quick. Uh, sorry, not to no, cut you off. Sorry. Paul, did you buy Astonishing X-Men number one? Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. when. It was. Did I buy it recently? Astonishing? I don't know. I'll check my comicsology right now. Okay, because I was about to click on it, but I don't want to buy it if you have it, so... Yeah, side side conversation. Sorry, I just wanted to know. Sorry, podcast listeners. Yeah, let's. Uh, Sorry, I'm thinking about buy, I'm buying my comic books out because we're talking about it. I got X Men Blue number eight, uh, Astonishing X Men number one. I have yeah. Okay, cool. I think we read it before we looked back already. Did we? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. We oh yeah, it. we did. That's yeah. the one with. Okay, sorry, it just popped up in the recommended for me. So, mm-hmm. okay. I have no concept of time anymore, guys. It's bad. September's almost over. That's crazy. It is crazy. But first, a dramatic reading from Darkstalkers, number zero, page seven, panel one. The only blood you'll be drinking is your own. That was a dramatic reading from Darkstalkers, number zero, page seven, panel one. But yeah, uh, I'm actually drinking a beer that we've had before on the show, <laughs> and this is from Jack's Abbey. Uh, John, I think was it your mom that actually? I I had had uh, beers from them when I went to visit my mom in Massachusetts. Okay. Uh, so then, anytime I saw they had special releases, or anytime she was coming back home, I would make her bring me Jack's Abbey's beer because I enjoy that brewery a lot no like they're solid um when i went to my beer store today to get beer for the show they actually had like a whole end cap devoted to jack's abbey um which that quarter of the store is kind of becoming my favorite place to go that's where i found the medieval times beer or i can't remember the name of it middle ages uh modern times brewery that's who it was um that's where they had the ska brewing stuff that i had a couple months ago 
So yeah, that corner, like you got to kind of travel back into the store to get there. But they always have like displays just built to new breweries that you can't normally find in this area. Uh, so when I saw Jack Sammy, I was like, hey, that's cool. It's like you know something familiar. Uh, and then I saw that they had the Framing Hammer. It's their Baltic Porter that's been aged in bourbon barrels. So I was like, it's ten dollars for a bottle. But I I, I decided to. Uh, pulled the trigger on it and i got a bottle of this one and then i also got the coffee version of it and yeah this is still really good so it's and drinkable um, i've been drinking a lot of bourbon barrel aged stuff recently and they've all been very boozy like they've all been picking up that really strong alcohol note this one's more just that bourbon vanilla flavor uh, really good i don't know if it's because it's like the baltic porter that's kind of like cutting into it more so it's just like a more rounded flavor profile than something like, you know, KBS where it's a stout. Um, right. I don't know, but but I like it. Uh, retrospect, you know, definitely worth the ten bucks because I'm I'm drinking like half a glass of it since it's it's a big boy. Uh, can't remember what the ABV is on this. Doesn't say ten percent yeah. for barrel aged Framinghammer. Yeah, it's good. I love it. Probably got to put the rest of this in the uh, fridge and drink it either later or tomorrow. Yeah, we had. Did that. you guys decide to get like another beer, or are you still? No, we're no. taking it easy. Yeah, taking it queasy. Uh, I just you know, Chris, the coffee barrel aged Framinghammer. I gave four out of five stars. Nice. And I, had I haven't had that one before, so I'm looking forward. 2014. To it. Uh. Yeah, no, we, uh, we're both taking it easy. I got uh, incredibly drunk uh, over the weekend and have been hungover for uh, two days. And Paul's getting over a little bit of a stomach bug, so we decided to drink a 13% uh, stout, <laughs> yeah. uh, which neither uh, of us really like. So, um, but something. It's very Catholic of you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Speaking of something we may have or may not have liked, uh, let's get into that main topic. Yeah. Yeah, uh, like we said, up at the top of the show. Oh, sorry. I don't know if that's picking up, but Minerva's playing with the paper bags that my beers came in. So. No, I, I don't hear it. It's probably. Okay, as I say, there might be some rustling in the background. Um, but yeah, this is the second part of our great Marvel movie retrospective. And this is the second part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The Incredible Hulk from 2008. And, uh, Paulie, like you said right at the start of the show, seven weeks? Yeah. Uh, this came out, uh, Iron Man came out on May 2nd, uh, 2008. This came out June 13th. So, okay, maybe six, five to six weeks after, uh, Iron Man. So. They, they definitely wanted to strike while the iron was hot. Uh, they I, I knew it came out close, but I, I didn't realize it was that mm-hmm. close. So. Yeah, Marvel would never do that nowadays. You know, the closest we get is the beginning of summer. You know, maybe a May release and then an August, and now they've even stretched out a May release and a November release. Um, with the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two and Thor Ragnarok, you know, that's big split. The, before that was Captain America: Winter Soldier and Thor. You know, between a May release and a August release. Mm. Oh, did, and then when did Guardians the first one come out? Was that the third movie? 
Or was that a... I know, I know that one was like in August, I think. Yeah, it was in August. It was a later release for that as well. But, uh, back but yeah, this one uh, directed by Louis Lettier, a French director who up until this point was known for doing the Transporter movies. Uh, also known for doing The Professional. Oh, really? He did that one too? Yeah. Oh. So, in action, a, a uh, quick... Cut a quick cut action movie guy. If I'm if I understand the premise of the Transformer or Transporter and the Professional, I have not yes. seen any of those movies. But they're they're the quick jump cuts, right? Kind of quick. Uh, well, I mean, quick uh, action. I I've never actually seen the Transporter, but but you have I know now. There is a lot of jumping involved in it, and that's strictly just because it's Jason's movie, and he has to be jumping or holding a gun. In every other scene, at least. Uh, he has also directed "Now You See Me, Paul," which is one oh, of your favorites. I did enjoy. Not "Now You See Me Too," though. Oh, that was awful. Just, the, just the first one, which uh, was good. I, I enjoyed a fun, fun heist movie. Uh, but and this thinking, is something. I'm sorry. I, I was thinking of a different director. He did not direct the professional. Or, mm. or now you see me. No, he did do "Now You See Me." Oh, well, "Now You See Me" is a good one. <laughs> Paul just assumes, like, "Oh, he didn't do "Now You See Me" either." <laughs> <laughs> well, if John was more wrong about one thing, he's probably wrong about them all. No, I knew the one because I looked them up just to make sure. But, uh, man, 2008, chock full of your superhero movies. This is when we were going... We're, I, th- I didn't realize we were full bore into superhero movies at this point. Uh, Did we, uh, uh, Fantastic Four come out in 2008 as well? No, uh, The Dark Knight, Iron Man, which we mentioned, Hellboy 2, Hancock, uh, the... Will, Will uh, Smith movie, Punisher War Zone, The Spirit, Jumper, Ugh. Wanted, all came out in theaters. So mostly like more like hard edged, uh, comic book movies too. Mm-hmm. Oh, there was also a superhero movie, aka not another superhero movie, the like Spy Hard <laughs> riff on superhero movies. Uh, yeah, this is an interesting addition to the uh, great Marvel movie retrospective as this is something of a bizarre reboot but also a sequel to the regular or the original Hulk movie from director Ang Lee starring uh, Bruce wait oh my god Eric Bana said almost said Bruce Banner <laughs> yeah uh, well it's yeah. He was David Banner throughout most of that movie in uh, The Hulk. And just the original. This this movie alludes to what happened in the first movie during the credit sequence. Uh, But you really don't have to have any knowledge or remembrance of that movie. As long as you know who the Hulk is, be it from the comic books or the 1970s TV show, you know he's a scientist, became the Hulk, now he lives his life on the run, and and that's where we are. Uh, Eric Bana didn't come back for this one. This one instead starring the one and only Edward Norton, who's a fantastic actor. Uh, but something really interesting about him, any movie that he's on, he also has to like share writing duties on it. Hmm. So he can do like drafts of the script. He can go in. He can change things. Uh, which is part of why we didn't get to see him come back again for the Avengers. And he was replaced by Mark Ruffalo because... 
rumors. Supposedly he was like really hard to work with, where he would just change entire parts of the script. Uh, yeah, he also um, was very upset because he did do so much rewrites on the script. He didn't get a writing credit. Uh, so that was like another thing coming out of that is he wanted that writing credit and didn't get it. So there were parts of the script that he could have worked on a little bit more. <laughs> well, this is the guy uh, Zach Pen or uh, yeah, Zach yeah, Penn, Zach Penn, who writes most comic book movies. Uh, that guy wrote X Men Last Stand, so oh. there was some stuff to work on. Yeah, uh, but also rounding out the cast, uh, playing the role of. Uh, Betty Ross this time instead of Jennifer Connelly we have Liv Tyler Tim Roth appearing as Emil Blonsky aka Abomination the one and only William Hurt Mm -hmm. as Thunderbolt Ross which I I think bears special uh, mention because he's basically the only actor or character well not not really character but the only presence from this movie to again later reappear in a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie with Civil War, like, some eight years later. He was also in the original Iron Man post... Yeah, he was in the, uh, the post credit scene. In the original no. Iron Man. No, he's in the, the, Iron Man 2? In this. Oh! He's Iron in the Man. bar drinking and Iron Man comes up. Oh, that's what happens. Yeah. That's uh, what happens. Oh, well, that le- leads into the next part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe with Iron Man Part 2. Um, so kind of like we did last time let's take a look at the cast because mm-hmm. a lot of solid actors in this but something just doesn't come together for this movie uh, yeah I think Edward Norton does a great job playing Bruce Banner in this mm-hmm. uh, I think he's definitely someone who's trying to fight his own demons and still try to be human and live uh, but trying to be away from people where he's not going to cause I I think well, the I, thing I, of, I think it's sorry I'm going to jump in real quick and I think it's good that you say it that way because that's kind of in direct opposition to what you have with Tim Roth who who wants the power he wants mm-hmm. to be taken over he wants to have that rush I think talking about the Ed Norton casting is very interesting because it's the only casting we can do for these Marvel Cinematic movies where we have three different people that we can pull from to talk about. You know, you have Eric Bana. Granted, it's not quite a Marvel Studios movie. And then you have Mark Ruffalo and Edward Norton. And I have to say, I really like the Mark Ruffalo Bruce Banner more than the other two. You know, even more than Ed Norton, and I'm a big Ed Norton fan. I think Ed Norton does disappear in his characters. He's not always just Ed Norton. Uh he does in this movie he comes across as vulnerable and likable he doesn't come across as whiny he's trying to take his take his own take over control over everything he doesn't seem like sad sack down on his luck he's just trying to gain control mark ruffalo is that lovable sad sack that's like oh i can't i can't i can't get angry though you know because then that's in the first avengers movie but by the end you know he has that character arc in this movie, I don't think Ed Norton has that much of a character arc. He, we leave him basically almost in the same place we see him at, at the beginning, you know, with his heartbeat monitor. But now he's out in the, the absolute nowhere, and like 
make him, himself into the Hulk just to try to get trying to control it. Uh, yeah, I think I think he looks the most out of everyone who's played him as the comic book character is drawn. That kind of wiry frame, brown hair. He's a little hair. bit more gaunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, yeah. He he looks like the comic book character brought to life. Um, but I do agree. I like Ruffalo the best as well. And uh, I, I think Ruffalo brings a a great likability to the role. And there's like a strange everyman likeness to him, even though he can still jump into the science mumbo jumbo and he does incredibly well like i feel like that's a very fine balance to keep going from just like a hey man like things are cool i'm mark ruffalo whatever people need drinking water but i'm also a scientist and here's this thing and i'm going to talk about some weird pseudo blah 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 he does it so well and i never really got the scientist from ed norton in this i just get bruce banner he's he's the guy on the run he doesn't want to be the hulk that's that's kind of the note for that character. And also, we don't never get to see him really bounce off the science. When he does kind of when he meets with uh, the guy that's going to be quote unquote the leader. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Mr. Blue, who again never makes any kind of return, even though they set him up almost for a antagonist later. And he was such a we- you know he just comes off so weird. Tim Blake Nelson. Just that's the actor's name. Yeah. Yeah. He's just a, he just looks weird. Uh-huh. So He's got he a weird. Comes, he talks weird. It comes off as weird, so you don't get that jovial like. You don't get the science bros ever with that. Yeah. And you know we were like we were sitting in the seats. I know I think John and I were talking about coming out of the movie thinking Mr. Blue, oh Mr. Fantastic, like how cool would that be? And then it turned out to be the guy that becomes the leader, and you're like oh. Well, I was thinking it was going to be Doc Savage. Oh. Or, uh. Doc Sampson? Doc Sampson, I'm sorry. But Doc Sampson's in the movie. Yeah, I know. Were, yeah. uh, as, as a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, in the. Because that. The Mr. Blue. Played, played, played the one and only Ty Burrell, who I. Actually, I really like. And he's just kind of one of those actors that flies under the radar. But first, uh. Before we talk about anything else, I want to mention the next beer that I have, which is also from Jack's Abbey. And this is the coffee version of their bourbon barrel-aged framing hammer. Um, I open this up. I'm drinking all my beers at room temperature today. And this one, it was just a very strong, overwhelming, dark coffee flavor. It's not something that I disliked, but I really didn't get any of that bourbon barrel flavor. So I put it in my freezer for a couple minutes, just hoping to chill it down to see kind of how the the flavors changed once it was chilled um it's definitely cooler now but it's still just like dark black coffee uh, no no bur- bourbon flavor on it at all so i'm kind of disappointed maybe when i go back to it later because i left the other half of the bottle chilling in the refrigerator maybe then like it since it's opened up a little bit but a- a- as of right now I'm kind of let down by this, even though I I really enjoy the the regular version of the framing hammer. Hmm. Well, sorry that you're let down. A coffee framing hammer sounded like a slam dunk. No, and that's the thing. Like that's why I'm so surprised by it because it's just just coffee. Oh. Like 
not even like a, a coffee flavored beer. It's it literally just tastes like a thicker thicker coffee. Yeah. And yeah. you can get that from well, from like a lot of different places. Sumatra Mountain from Founders. Uh, see, I see a cup of coffee. Cup of coffee. A cup of coffee. I haven't had the Sumatra Mountain in a while, but I remember liking that one a lot. Yeah, it was good. And that's that's kinda why I haven't bought it. Like I can find it down here. Like I think it's actually still on the shelves. But I always pass it up because I'm like, oh yeah, that's a that's a good beer, but I'd rather try something something else. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'll definitely finish this. Like, I'm not going to complain mm-hmm. well anymore about it. But <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it's, it's just good. just sad, you know. There was I really, really want just like a nice coffee flavor with that like bourbon vanilla sweet. Mm-hmm. You know, for that kind of stuff, you, you need, you need a high wesified from Lagunitas. Yeah. Or, or voodoo breweries, like different takes. Or, uh, you know, one other bit of casting that we didn't really talk about was uh, the casting of Toronto, downtown Toronto, for uh, Harlem. Oh, that's right, yeah. That was actually something that I, I did want to talk about, but I completely forgot as we started as, chatting. As people that live in Buffalo, New York, or had lived in Buffalo, New York, looking at you, Chris. Uh, we, I, I still consider it home. Yeah, we often uh, visit Toronto because it is the largest metropolitan area closest to us. You know, it's closer than New York City. And if you want big city living, we go to Toronto. And uh, Also, Degrassi Junior High and Degrassi Higher there. Oh. Uh. Um, a really authentic Chinatown is there. and The really- best Thai restaurant in the city. <laughs> Yes, uh, they they have some great uh, Thai food. <laughs> it, uh, also, <laughs> some some great restaurants with say what, uh, great brew houses with Indie Ale House. What I, one of our favorite conventions that we always went to with Fan Expo at the Toronto Convention Center. So we've walked that strip of road quite a bit because that's Front Street. Yeah, uh, basically, if you watch The Incredible Hulk and. The climatic showdown between Hulk and Abomination in "quote unquote" New York City. Yeah, that that's in that's in Toronto, and those are all very recognizable storefronts because they all have gigantic neon signs hanging over them. Yeah, uh, isn't it Young? That that is Young Street. It's Front Street because Front becomes Young, and it also becomes Queen. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Uh, yeah, I remember one time when we were going to the Toronto comic book convention, we went out, we had like a little balcony. Uh-huh. I remember Chris and I were out there and Chris was like, hey, that's from the Hulk. And I was like, what? <laughs> Zanzibar. I was like, oh yeah, look at that. Zanzibar. Zanzibar. Uh, uh, which is a strip club, which uh-huh. also one of the other times that we went down there, they were having uh, Kenny, Kenny versus Benny there live. <laughs> I know we missed it. We, we Honestly, we really should have gone to that. That would have been a lot of fun. I don't think anybody knows who Kenny vs. Fenny is. It's a, uh, it's a great Canadian show. It was a Canadian show. It was on com- uh, Comedy Central for a little bit, too, wasn't it? Yeah, it was on there for uh, oh, a wow. season. Oh, I don't yeah. know. It got the wide cable release. Yes, it did. No, but yeah, that um, that's really cool. I mean, there it, there's always something fun about seeing somewhere you know appear in a movie, whether it's something like Incredible Hulk with Young Street doubling as downtown New York City, um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Out of the Shadows, parts of that were filmed in Buffalo. The 33. Uh, 
yeah, they they filmed on the 33. So like, I was like, hey, I recognize that dip and that bridge going over it. <laughs> also, I just saw online too. Um, they're filming the next Purge movie or parts of it in Buffalo as well. Ooh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've never seen any of them, but people like those movies. So uh, that's the thing. I've seen the first two. The first one was kind of like, Egh. second one, really good. Uh, I was uh, pleasantly surprised. Uh, it's got the guy who plays Crossbones in it, basically okay. playing Frank Castle. Oh, that's uh, okay. That sounds awesome. Uh, he's he's a guy like he's a like a military guy, and he's going out. He's looking for the guy who killed his kid in a hit and run and got away with it. During and the purge day, which it's is during the purge day, so which is the one day that all laws are suspended. Yes. So he's going out there. He's going to go hunt this guy down, and he, he wants to kill him. But instead, he ends up helping all these people who have gotten either uh, they've gotten attacked and they've escaped, or their car broke down when they were trying to get to a safe place. And he's there, and he's like protecting them and trying to get them through the streets. So it's kind of like, uh, like almost like Escape from New York. Oh. Punisher. It was actually really, really uh, good. The, okay, I guess I haven't seen any of them. This this sounds really good. Are there three? There or is four? three. Because the third okay. one is the. Uh, it's called person. Election Day. Somebody's. That's the one that has uh, Juliet from Lost in it. Yeah, right? yeah. She's like a senator. Okay, she's a senator, and she's been trying to ban the purge, get rid of the purge, and. Uh, the purge ain't having it and it's uh what's his name back is her like security in his uh, crossbones crossbones as her security detail was it what's it, oh, what's his name mark mark crossbones. i have the internet mark, right mark crossbones mark mark, mark crossbones of the purge yes. of the purge fame yeah you know kind of like steve aladdin he's related <laughs> he's really mark crossbones anyways steve aladdin. sounds like a much better movie than uh 2008's The Incredible Hulk. Yeah. This Which, guy. I mean, at the... Frank Grillo. I do kind of have to put on the nostalgia glasses, because at the time, this it's not a bad movie. But there's it's not great. And it's kind of sad that this is the, the second part of what grew into an empire for Marvel and later Disney. Uh, my, my thinking behind this movie was... The first Hulk movie, they got a uh, artistic yeah. director, Angley, to make that movie, and it is very artistically done. There's those weird scenes of just like flowers growing and and all you know, like and constantly he was doing the frame by frame split, to of, make it yeah, look like comic, a comic book, book panels, panels, and, yeah. And uh, I didn't, I didn't mind the Incredible Hulk, and yes, it takes a long time for the Hulk to hit. Right. Um, but to me, it's like, well, you hired, you hired uh, artistic director to do that, and then with this movie, they hired the, the transporter director. So that's like you have a huge chase scene. You have all this stuff, all these bizarre action sequences that feel really shoehorned in, but they are cool and fun um, action sequences. But it yeah. does take like. Cool action action scene, fifteen twenty minutes, 
then we're going to shoehorn in another action scene. And then, you know, we're going to take all this other more time. And then, like, it just keeps, like, beep, boop, beep, boop. Like, just, <laughs> uh, you know, like, it's we, just... We can't have another episode called that. <laughs> it's just, like, this weird, like... We've been pushing for it, but you we know, can't call two of them beep, beep. It's just, like, it didn't, it didn't mesh well. Uh, the action stuff seemed forced. And I think that's one of the things about a Hulk movie if you're going to be doing the dual personalities of of Hulk and Bruce Banner that it just like you got to find a happy like medium mm-hmm. and that's where you get science bros yep. in Avengers and and in the other in the other movies he appears in is he's doing stuff he's doing stuff as Banner and has great moments and then when the action kicks off you have the Hulk, where in this one, he's not really doing anything, but, like... Uh, he is working in a soda factory, so... <laughs> Which leads to the great... Uh, what? Did, how did he coin this phrase, Chris? I don't remember. It's been, the like, Stan, a month since last Stan Leo, Stan Leo-mo? The Stan Lee cameo? You, you were able to... You portmanteaued the hell out of that thing. <laughs> yeah, Stan uh, Lee-mo. I would have to go back to part one of... Uh, this recurring segment now, but yeah, uh, we do get a Stanley cameo as we are wanting to do, and he appears as a man that drinks a soda that is made in the factory that Edward Norton's Bruce Banner works at, where a drop of his blood got into the soda. Yeah, and he, he has... tore, then he tears the door off the frame, and he also has a heart attack, right? He's, he's yeah. okay. He's, he's okay. Chris says that he's okay, so he's okay. Uh, we also get another uh, Lou Ferrigno from the guy that used to wear the green makeup <clears throat> from the original 1970s. Well, he's still the show. security guard. He's yeah. still security guard. He's still security guard. <laughs> and, uh, but he also voices but also the Hulk. still appearing as, or I shouldn't say appearing, but you can also hear him again as the voice of the Hulk. So I like that that's kind of the through line through the movies where... He, he voices the Hulk. He may not speak a lot, but there's that continuity and that kind of homage to the 1970s Hulk show. Uh, you're, uh, I think John's right. I never really liked any of the... The scene on campus, the action scene on campus, when they bring out the big sound wave trucks, that was pretty good. But the ending sequence of the Hulk doing like the thunderclap... Well, he's got to put that fire out. He's got to put the fire th- out without he does the, over the helicopter. And he does the ground slam. Yeah, it's like I don't know. It wasn't that great. And but that's the th- like, and yeah. that's what confuses me about this movie because it has everything you would want or expect from a Hulk movie, and then it has a great cast behind it, but somehow it still just kind of falls flat because it feels like somebody's just checking off boxes. And, and the, the, yeah, I, I, that, I think that's honestly, Paul. That's probably the best way to describe this movie. Like they they checked all the boxes. But Tim Roth, I did not like as the villain. Like, really? You know, Why not? I don't know. He just his, his he doesn't. There's no dimension to him other than because he's this. He should be this fallen soldier, so he should be a tragic villain. But at never at no point do I ever feel like I'm rooting for that guy because there is something about him. Well, I, I feel like you're not supposed to 
root for him, though, because, I mean, he's definitely slimy, and it's set up right from the beginning, like, you shouldn't like him. He's just a shitty person. Yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna kill you, Mm -hmm. and he's upset that he didn't get to kill you. And then he wants more power to try to kill you later. Yeah. I think I think one of the things that takes you out of the movie and what the new movies with the Hulk get is the the animation mm-hmm. having the somebody in a stu- suit and really capturing those things I think works so much better. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one you can, it's just so I don't to me it just seems so cartoony the animation. Okay, but- I mean, we are talking about a movie from nine years ago. And then think back to the jump we made from Hulk to Incredible Hulk. I actually well, I have liked... to say, the, the, the technology has changed. Because Ang Lee did the motion caption mm-hmm. for, the, for the Hulk movie. Mm-hmm. But it was just still, the technology still wasn't there. And See, I, think... I, I feel like that's extremely cartoony. Oh, I, 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 I mean, this one, I would say this one passes the Jurassic Park test, which is something that I kind of bring up. Like, yeah, Jurassic Park was made in, like, 1994. It looks really good. This, it's two gigantic gamma monsters fighting each other. It's, it's not terrible. Like, they never look like they're copy-pasted into the scenes. Right, the, I, their I, figures seem to have weight in the scenes. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying, Chris. I agree. I, yeah, I, I think I think it works better. I I, I don't know. I, I where I what I like in the Avengers is when the Hulk gets to kind of over emote over emote a little bit, like when he's told like went by Captain America like Hulk smash and he he kind of gets this grin on his face and he goes and he starts smashing things. Or, you know, he gets During to be- your least favorite part of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, I just want that known. Before uh, we get to Avengers and, like, four more episodes of this... Uh, fight scene goes <laughs> on. Paul does not like Avengers. But that's yeah, your complaints. problem with this one, is the yeah, scene doesn't go on long enough. No, no. That this, you know, the action scene... You know, they don't seem to have... Granted, the characters have weight, but none of the action scenes really have all that much have that any kind of real stakes well, to them they because they they check the box like yeah. people want to see the hulk fighting stuff okay here's here's oh, the fu- hulk fighting giant speakers yeah <laughs> he needs to fight oh he fought the army already now he has to fight a giant creature that's like the hulk itself uh and i do i mean like there's a redesign for uh abomination there was a redesign from what we got in that first hulk but the most cartoony aspect of this movie is Thunderbolt Ross. His eyebrows, everything about him is like insanely over-exaggerated to his hairpiece, to the scars on his face, the mustache, and the eyebrows. Like, it I was is... Say the, the eyebrows, that's all just William Burt. Like, I don't think you can change that. No, those are... Those are those eyebrows are computer enhanced. I don't think so, John. I have a photo of him pulled up right now. And those baby blues... <laughs> it's his background. <laughs> those baby blues aren't aren't masked by some crazy eyebrows. Granted, they're not well-groomed, but they're not crazy. No, there's some other shots of him, and they're like, they're they're like spiky, <laughs> they're crazed. Not, who's that guy from, like, uh... 
it's 60 minutes andy rooney right <laughs> oh yeah he's he's not an andy rooney level yet yeah of uh eyebrows come on i will find you a picture no i i generally liked uh william hurt as thunderbolt ross mm-hmm. um it's been said he based his performance of this on captain ahab from moby dick like with the Hulk being his great white whale. Mm. And I believe it. I mean, it's not like he's multidimensional. You only see him when he is in, hey, I'm, I want to chase the Hulk. Mm-hmm. Yell at my daughter, who's also chasing the Hulk in a different way. Um, which, by the way, we never really talk about Liv Tyler, but she's also just kind of like a box that's been checked. Mm-hmm. Like, she's she's there because they need a, need a Betty. Well, at least uh, she has a story reason. Like, she's there helping, you know, like, he's she's testing the blood, she's testing different antidotes for, like, so she's not like, a, a, just a, the girlfriend. Like, she actually has a purpose to be in the, in the, in the movie. He thinks he's close. He and, goes to see her to get to the, the lab. Like, when I, like, I, when I rewatched this, though, I was like, okay, they didn't have Jennifer Connelly come back. I think Liv Tyler's a good stand-in for that. Mm-hmm. But then also, when you look at the character and either this movie or Ang Lee's Hulk, she's appearing as a character that's just kind of there. Like, mm. you could have anyone in that role, and they and you would be like, yeah, like she was an actress that appeared in this role, like. She's never really given anything to do with. Now go back to the last movie that we had, the first part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe with Gwyneth Paltrow as Pepper Potts. Right. Such a such a fun role, like such a fun like presence in that movie. And could someone else have appeared as Pepper Potts? Yeah. Can I envision it now? No. I, I think Gwyneth Paltrow did so well in that that now, yes, <coughs> GPs is Pepper Potts. Is that her name? Betty Ross? GPs? It, it, it could be any any person in that role, and I'd be like, oh yeah, she's, she's there doing some science stuff, mm-hmm. pining over Edward Norton, but being with Ty Burrell. Like, there, there's nothing to it. There's no meat. Right. But at least she's given something to do. She's she's being she her character actually has a purpose, you know, and her purpose is you know to try to help. She's trying to help her colleague, her former colleague, and so I don't know. I, I but you're right. It could have been played by anybody with dark hair. And Jennifer Connelly is the voice of Spider Man suit. Spider-Man Wait, what? Suit? Jennifer oh. Conley is Karen, the the oh. the voice of the suit. And in, in, uh, in Homecoming, did she also voice Who's Friday? Uh, Friday is somebody else. Okay, the voice in the new you know voice for I Think Iron Man suit. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. That is kind of cool. Um, oh crap! I had something in my mind that I wanted to mention before, but I forgot to, and then I remembered, and then I forgot again. Oh no. Oh no, you guys! Oh no. <laughs> uh, I don't. 
This this is a movie. Oh, I, I remember it now. Okay, go ahead. Um, this is kind of more into the production stuff because Universal actually held the rights for the Hulk movies. This is why we haven't had an actual Hulk movie since 2008's Incredible Hulk. And we've only had the Hulk appearing in other stuff like Avengers or Thor Ragnarok coming out like two months from now. Um, Because Disney's trying to just kind of like do their own thing. But at this point, Universal still has the Hulk rights. So if they made a Hulk movie... Universal would get like distribution for it. So if Disney's able to put Hulk in something else, they can still kind of hold on to that. Weird random thing I know, but I, I think it's something that's still worth mentioning because every other movie uh, until Disney purchased Marvel and then like created Marvel Studios, all of these other movies that we're talking about or have talked about have been uh, distributed by Paramount. Well, they they originally um, Marvel originally formed the Marvel Studios with Paramount as a distribution forum, and it wasn't until Disney bought them that 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 you know kind of went away. But uh, the original Avengers wasn't it that still had a Paramount thing too? Or yeah, that it? was that was still Paramount, but that was the first one that Disney really I don't want to say had control over, but was able to kind of like point where they wanted to go because that was after um, after the Marvel buyout yeah all I know is this movie I I have it in my collection but it's like the one of the Marvels that I'm like uh, it hurts for it to be the second one it's not bad though and I, I I know we've been kind of negative, but it's not a bad movie. Like, if someone was just like, hey, want to watch Incredible Hulk? I'd be like, okay, if you don't own any other DVD, it's like, sure. <laughs> well, why not? Because um, even when I went back and rewatched this, I didn't mind it. Like, I, I still paid attention to it, you know? It's not perfect, but it's not bad. It's just it doesn't hold up to the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I feel. And that's what and I was kind maybe of... maybe when, when Thor Ragnarok comes out, which seems to be like Hulk 2.5, maybe that'll change my mind and be like, hey, I need, I need another Hulk movie. But as it stands right now, I'm okay with Bruce Banner being that kind of support character. And then Hulk appearing at key points in that movie to to get shit even heavier and then weighing upon you. It's like, hey, you thought things were bad before because you have Ultron robots popping up. Now you got to deal with a Hulk on top of it. I kind of like that dynamic. I think that's the best way Hulk is going to work is as a character in somebody else's movie and not a movie on his own because I think there's two... There's too many factors that you have to work in. You know, how are you going to use Bruce Banner? How are you going to do that? And you don't want, like we said with this, the checklist. Oh, we had him do the stomp. We had him do this. We had him have to have something about purple pants. Like, and 
and again, like, yeah, it's not which which they've had in in Hulk and in Incredible Hulk, and then kind of in Avengers. Mm-hmm. And it's not it's not that this movie is it's it's not unwatchable. It's not bad. It's not the greatest. But again, like I I rewatched this last week, maybe a week and a half ago. I don't need to see this again for another eight, ten years. Right. Yeah, uh, I, I don't disagree. Um, but, you know, like in eight and ten years, if it comes around that, oh, hey, you want to watch this? <laughs> I mean, like... You need to kind of completely forget the movie before you want to watch it again. Yeah. Like, it needs to be... There's nothing in that movie that you remember, like, I want to see that scene again. Let's watch it. It's like... But if you catch a scene on TV, it puts you in your head, you're like... Oh yeah, remember when he he makes the the Hulk busting glove, you know, the Hulk gloves out of the cars, and he's got the yeah. he's punching them, and he's doing this or that. So what you're saying is, uh, in ten years <clears throat> when we do the great Marvel movie retrospective look back rewatch, <laughs> you, we'll you'll right. you'll feel better about it. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yes, because uh-huh. yeah. I I do want to pose it to you guys. Now that we've started doing this, I consider this part of the look back canon. Okay. Power power rankings. Power rankings out of the two movies we've out reviewed. Out of the two movies. <laughs> Iron Man and then Incredible Hulk. Go ahead, Paul. Iron Man and then uh, sorely lacking. Like, I, I'm going to wait a couple seconds for the Hulk to try to cross the finish line. Still waiting. John, you go. Oh, uh, Iron Man and then the Hulk. <laughs> Incredible Hulk. Uh, the Hulk still hasn't reached my power ranking yet. He's okay, still well, trying I'm, to get there. I'll go, go just to save the listeners some time mm-hmm. because, yeah, Iron Man, and then then the Incredible Hulk. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this because it's been even longer than when I last watched the Incredible Hulk. I think I would watch Hulk. Yeah, Ang Lee Hulk. Ang Lee's Hulk over think- Incredible Hulk. Angling's Hulk has See, those stupid dogs, though, and yeah, also, I, I but it's got have, it's got crazy Nick Nolte. <laughs> it has crazy. Nick I Nolte. used to have Hulk on DVD, and then I either like traded it in, or I let someone borrow it, and I never got a pack. The last time I watched that movie, it was literally just like, okay, let me watch the beginning. I'm gonna skip to the part with the Hulk. Okay, I'm gonna skip the part with the Hulk. Okay, they're climbing trees skip okay he's fighting dogs skip okay they're fighting stuff in san francisco and okay movie's over it, it's not great i don't know yeah but even this movie i would be inclined on fast forwarding to just the good parts yeah well with this See, movie- but uh, i i feel like even with this movie even if it's not like the quote-unquote good part you're still watching something that's ed norton you know Hey, Ed Norton, it's me. Except for the scenes uh, with Papa, the leader. Papa Jabezi, come on in. You used to deliver food. I'll yeah. do anything for you. Yeah, that was bad. But uh, I do want to say, like, I want to keep the uh, the power rankings going now that we're talking about all the movies. Because I feel like sometimes when we talk about the newest Marvel, uh, Marvel movie coming out, we just think back to, like, no, this is my favorite. So this is mm-hmm. going to be here in the ranking. I kind of want to have just like that, like, no, it's fresher. Okay, yeah. We, we just watched it. We just talked about it. Because, you know, I don't, I don't know. Maybe my 
my top Marvel movies will change now that I'm going through rewatching them all. Yeah, because they're not in that vacuum of time either. Now that yeah. you're taking it out, uh, I did want to mention one thing. I've been lo- looking on Amazon because I wanted to see how many times these uh, movies have been re-released. You know, uh, re- went to back to print basically. Uh, last time that The Incredible Hulk went to print was 2013, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, it's been out for a while. Let's look at Iron Man that came out the same year. Uh, last time it had another Blu-ray printing was September 17th, 2017. Wow. So, um, they run out of stock for the original Iron Man movie still, where they're still waiting on the stock to run out for four I, years Paul, ago. I'm, I'm going to throw a question at you, and I understand if you don't have the answer. In 2013, is that when they released that Marvel movie Phase one, like suitcase kit that had all the movies in it. Ooh, Marvel Phase one. That is a good um, question. I th- uh, this is the. I was looking at the because they like Marvel embrace, released so. a cool like quote unquote box set, but it came in a silver briefcase with the Tesseract cube from Avengers, which yeah, we'll uh, talk about in a couple movies. It's Avengers was that the last time they made the Incredible Hulk on DVD? That was April second, two thousand thirteen. So maybe they just decided to reprint. No, because The Incredible the, Hulk came out uh, after that. This is the Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase 1 Avengers Assembled, Iron Man, The Incredible Hulk, Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America, The First Avengers, and The Avenger Movie, Blu-ray, limited edition Blu-ray box set, can be yours, listeners, if you go to begnavore.com slash Amazon and uh, find it and then spend $698.55. What? Yes, and don't worry, that comes with Oh my god, $600? Yeah, if you're prime. Oh it comes, well, because geez. it's it's old now, man. You can't... It's not the original. Yeah, there's a Marvel That's... Cinematic Phase 2 that is uh, $200. Man, if I had a time machine, two things I'd do. Yeah. Buy Apple stock, and then the Marvel Cinematic Universe... Yes, you can buy them together for $900. I am to get But, uh, yeah, so that was April. So Phase 2 came out originally in 2015. I didn't see a date for uh, Phase 1, though. Um, April 2nd, 2013. Phase 2 officially started with Iron Man 3 because it was the follow-up from Avengers, which was the end of Phase 1. Well, that big set, that big DVD Blu-ray set came out April 2nd, 2013. The Incredible Hulk was reprinted on um, Blu-ray 2000, March 13, 2012, and then June uh, 25, 2013. So the last time. You can get on DVD really cheap. All right, guys. That's all right. Show. I'm sorry. I've been tired this whole episode. Oh, it's okay. I've been dragging down the energy. Because you haven't been drinking, that's why. Oh, yeah, we don't have the drunk energy. Have you didn't get punchy, Paul. You didn't get punchy. I just got drowsy. All right, thanks for listening. Everybody find us over at uh, the iTunes, the Stitcher, the SoundClouds, the Blueberry, the... That's uh, Think. Um, other podcast podcatcher. Uh, wherever you find your podcasts, you know, get our RSS feed. Yeah, uh, check us out at the newly designed bagnaboard.com. Um, now that I have internet, I'm doing show notes again. Hey, so you can finally see all those beautiful dramatic reading panels that 
we make John or Paul read, mm-hmm. uh, including today's, and then links to everything else that we're reading for the list or the beer that we're drinking and all that goodness. John, I d- rate I d- and review. Rate and review us, please. Uh-huh. It helps. You're the only person that ever was like, and then make sure you rate and review us. I, I just thought we were done. I'm sorry. Oh. I oh, apologize. Okay. I <clears throat> but find today. us over uh, and rate and review us because those are ways that help us get new listeners. And um, we have it's been a while since we've gotten some. Uh, we always appreciate and read them on air when we do get them. Uh, and thank you. <laughs>